Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Today, they named Mr. Basketball 2022. And they gave us some exclusivity to it, which I appreciate. And the winner of this year's award joins us right now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. His name is Braden Carrington, and he is a player, man. He uh, led Park Center to the uh, state championship last week. He will play for the Gophers next year. And uh, he said some kind of a week to win Mr. Basketball in a state championship in the same week, but it's been some kind of a season, some kind of a team that he played on for Coach James Ware. Braden, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. You know, I watched you against Minneapolis North in that George Floyd Classic, and, and that was a fun night because it was a big crowd and there was a lot going on, and North was good yeah. and you guys were good. And um, one of the, this first time I'd seen you in a game, I'd seen you in practice, et cetera, before. And, uh, one of the things that I noticed and then I, you know, came to find out that, well, yeah, everybody knows that about him, uh, you kind of insert yourself where needed on a nightly basis as opposed to saying, I'm going to score 25 or I'm going to take over, I need to get my 15 shots up, anything like that. You, you kind of recognize what it is the team needs, and it, it was, I, I think, somewhat rewarding for you and others to see that that was noticed, that, that it wasn't about stats, it was about understanding the game and, and, and how to play the game. And, 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 and is, is that your, I mean, would you describe your approach that way? Yeah, we have right now, um, we have a bunch of people that can score the basketball. So, you know, it's like, for me, if I have to go out and score 20, then I'll go and score the 20. But I try to be a pass-first player most of the time, you know, because I know we have other players like Leo Tobor, Cody Pennebaker that can come out and give us 20 points a game. So, I mean, I feel like I just want to do what's best for the team. And if that's me passing the ball, that's me passing. If that's me shooting, then that's me shooting, you know. When did you know you were a pretty good basketball player? Were you in 6th grade, 7th grade, 10th grade? When? Um, I'd say I feel like I've always been pretty good growing up. Um, I got my first offer of freshman year, and I guess that's kind of when I realized, like, maybe I could really take this serious and I could go somewhere with this. So who was the first offer from? Uh, Florida. Really? And, and, and you've ended up, though, at the University of Minnesota. Tell me about that. What did Ben Johnson do to woo you? Um, he did a lot, you know, because before Ben there got there, um, Minnesota, honestly, wasn't even on my radar, I'd say. You know, I, I was leaning towards Florida or Colorado, more likely. But once Ben got into the office, you know, he really just showed love. And, um, you know, he just he kept talking to me about what would happen if I came, you know, and all the opportunities I would have just by being a gopher. You know, it really just it won me over and it won my mom over also. So, you know, it just he just pitched a great idea and you know i just couldn't pass up on it 
Braden Carrington is our guest, Mr. Basketball from Park Center High School. Uh, one uh, basketball aficionado that I have a great deal of respect for, Terry Coons, he said he could see you playing the point next year for the Gophers. Is that in the cards at all? Do you want to be a point guard? Um, I wouldn't mind it, honestly. You know, my natural position, I feel like, is definitely a two-guard, shooting guard. But, I mean, if I have to transition my game next level to point guard, you know, I'm definitely willing to do it. It's, it's whatever, you know, I, uh, the team needs, I'll do, you know. So, I have the confidence to do it. So, if that's what happens, that's what happens. You know, you've had quite an education the last couple of years. You and I talked about this earlier this winter. Um, when George Floyd happened, uh, the riots, the protests, everything that went with it, you went out there with some teammates, and, and, and you protested, and, and you got to look at what was really going on in the city. What were your impressions? What did you do, and what did you learn during that time? Um, I just learned that um, there's a lot of people that hate, and there's a lot of people that will love you, you know. Always going to get those people that are going to sit there and constantly come down on you for whatever reason and, you know, be against you and just all this and that. But you're also going to have those people that are going to be by your side the whole time and make sure you're doing okay and and wanting you to succeed. Um, I've learned that most of the time you're really never alone, even though you could possibly think that, but you're never going to be alone in any type of situation. You always have people behind you. Did you and your teammates and classmates talk a lot about it, about that movement and what happened and what came of it? You know, it was during quarantine, so at the time, we didn't get to that much. Um, I was just uh, thankful to get out there and actually, I kind because of, I feel like that was kind of the time I was just getting out of quarantine and, you know, my mom finally let me go outside, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, like, but, you know, I was thankful to get out there, you know, actually see what it's kind of like, I guess you would say. But, you know, I definitely talked about it a lot with, like, my mom and the people we were out there with, and it was just, it was a great experience to have. It was something, wasn't it? I said it was something to be out there, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, honestly, I for how much people out there, it was just, it was, it was shocking, honestly. I didn't realize how much people like really I guess you'd say cared you know I, yeah. I don't know how the passion it. that um, they had for it whatever you want to call it yeah yeah just uh, me like I'm never usually into kind of stuff like this I kind of just stay you know in the sports world yeah you say so going out and seeing all this it was just like wow there's a lot of people in the community that are just like devastated by what happened and, and really care so you know it just it really changed my point of view I guess on some things Braden Carrington is our guest. Yeah, you had to be there though to really understand that, and it was. But you had to you had to see it up close to really uh, uh, get that part of it. Now that game the other night was pretty physical with Wyzetta. Uh, how, how, you know, was, was that what you expected? Because that that was a good basketball game down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, coming to the game, like uh, Coach Roy said, you know, before the game, they're going to come out. They're going to give us all they can. All they can give us, you know, they're going to throw every play they can. You know, they're going to be as physical as possible. You know. And we, we knew it was going to come. You know, we played them earlier in the season, and they did the same thing then. Um, they gave us everything they got. And, you know, we beat them that time, and we uh, uh, thankfully beat them the, in the state championship when it all, all mattered. But you guys play defense, and you play team defense, and you guys know where the other person is, and you, you see the game well. Is that just repetition? Is that Coach Ware's uh, philosophy? What happens? Yeah, that's definitely, like, he, he basically engraves that into us, you know, Defense 
we probably come into practice and in a two-hour practice that could possibly be an hour of our practice is just sitting there working on defense our positioning like communication all the small things on defense like the rotations all this and that you know so coming to a game and, and when you see us play defense and how good it is you know it's just not surprising for us because this is literally all we work on you know i'd say we put the obviously we have the offense and all this but you know our defense is it's really our identity you know that's just all we focus on because as we always say our defense is our best offense what does coach Ware mean to you um you know he means a lot you know he's a definitely a big help of my i say transformation over the years obviously my mom you know moving me out to brooklyn park so i could go to yeah where were um, you before that um i lived in uh spring lake park yep and you moved over to brooklyn park into the park center school district huh Yep. Yeah. My uh, seventh grade year, I moved over here, so my mom could, or so I could go to high school at Park Center and play under Coach Ware. And you know, he he just had had the best interest in me ever since he met me. Honestly, he could see potential in me. You know, I never thought I had honestly. And you know, throughout the four years of high school, it's just it was just great because you know he helped me develop in the player and just get gain confidence that I honestly didn't know I had. You know. Without him, he's a big part of why I'm here today and, you know, able to win Mr. Basketball, I'd say. Yeah, and a lot of, part of a lot of guys that had great success for you guys this year. Well, Braden, congratulations. Thank you so much. And I look forward to covering you at the University of Minnesota, but uh, enjoy. Thank you. Braden Carrington, 2022 Mr. Basketball in the state of Minnesota. The man who helps put that all together is David Hedberg. Uh, we'll ask him about the final five and what he thought of basketball in general in the state of Minnesota when we come back on Sports to the Max. Timberwolves is back in action tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. They tip it off at Toronto, 5.30 pregame right here on your home to the Wolves. News Talk 830 WCCO, then a big one with Denver Friday night. Right here on your home to the Wolves. News Talk 830 WCCO. We heard from Braden Carrington, 2022 Mr. Basketball. We're joined now by the man who helps make that decision and organizes it. Joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, David Hedberg. He was out there today to present him with the award. Uh, and uh, it's quite a process. They go through to whittle it down to 20 and 15 and 5 and all those things. Uh, Dave, thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. What, what, how, how, you know, you got this committee. Explain how many games you guys see by the end of the year in total. Yeah, so we've got nine people on our committee. And probably the average person sees between 40 and 60 games. Mm. So we try and, you know, divide up. Obviously, some games we've got multiple people at. But, you know, we try and catch as many as many as we can throughout the year. I saw about 70 this year. Some people wow. saw over 100. But I'd say probably 40 to 50 is the average. Now, now just, just forgetting who was playing what, uh, in terms of the players you're watching, what was the best game you saw in terms of huge crowd, great finish? What was it? We probably the best game was Caledonia played at Tatino Grace yeah. uh, later in January, and it was kind of fun with with Eli and Demarion Watson, two kids going to Iowa State, played against each other, and Eli hit a shot with like six seconds to go, and Caledonia won. So that was that was probably the most exciting game that I remember. But we definitely saw some good ones this year. How do you pare it down once you we had, you know you, you presented the award as I mentioned to Braden today and I I mentioned that statistically some nights he doesn't look overwhelming but you kind of have to see him play to understand what he does to change a game uh, are those the kind of conversations that you have when when you get behind closed doors is you know for, forget stats you're, let's look at some other uh, uh, intangibles yeah definitely obviously stats play a role um, but a lot of what we talk about too is what what the, each individual does with what they have on their team. 
because obviously, you know, some teams are stronger than others from, you know, one to 10. So we look at, you know, really how, how each player conducts themselves, their leadership, you know, like Braden was talking about, I was listening to that, you know, does he defer when he should, is he taking charge when he should, things like that. Just, you know, if, if we think they're playing the game to the best of their ability, that's what we're looking for. Do you, do you um, how do you decide whether or not they're a good teammate? Do you talk to teammates, coaches? How do you decide? Uh, say we've got, let's say with the nine people on the committee, we've got a, a lot of background. So people that used to be, you know, professional coaches, professional players, sports writers, referees, high school coaches. So a lot of just talking, you know, from what we see from the player, which is why we want to get out and see so many games. You know, if you see someone once, it could be, you know, their game of the year or it could be a down game. So we try and see kids as many times as possible and then kind of talk about what we saw and, you know, kind of determine, you know, what we thought of the overall performance for the whole season. You know, um, last two years, uh, I mean, before the season, barring an injury, uh, you could almost reserve the uh, the gym for the the week after the whatever day you wanted to pick at Minnehaha Academy because you had a pretty good idea it was going to be Jalen Suggs and then uh, and Chet Holmgren because they'd separated themselves so far. Uh, this year, not the case. Who were the five final finalists, and, and and how difficult was this year? So this year was actually really strong. So you, you talked about kind of our process of going from our watch list, which had fifty people on it, down to the top ten, which was difficult. But the, the top five was very strong and, and you know very close in, in talent this year you mentioned the last couple of years you know we've had some very strong people at the top uh, but our five this year obviously Braden was one uh, Alonzo Dodd at South St. Paul uh, had you know just an incredible years you know the, the team was great and Alonzo was uh, Trey Holloman at Creighton Durham Hall you know another player that's you know he's going to Michigan State and you know had a great year Prince Aligbe you know another Minnehaha Academy student you know, really played well, and then Eli King at Caledonia. So, you know, really a, a lot of great talent at the, the top five. You know, very, very similar strengths and, you know, abilities there. Is it harder to pick the one, or is it harder this year to get it down to five? Because there are a lot of kids off that list that are pretty good players. I would probably say both this year. I mean, we had some, you know, real heated conversations, you know, all, all good, but, you know, with getting down to five, because there were a few players that, you know, obviously in the top 10 that can't make the top five that some committee members felt very strongly about. And then again with, you know, selecting Braden, you know, the committee's, you know, excited, you know, that, that Braden won and he's, you know, definitely, you know, the consensus choice. But there were other players too that, you know, got a lot of chatter within our our committee about, you know, what they're able to do and what they brought to their teams. So definitely an interesting year to, you know, whittle down not only just the winner, but kind of each step in the process. Um, when you know now, now next year, obviously you see a lot of the guys next year that could be candidates as you go throughout this year. What happens? So you, you, is it is it based just on their senior year? Do you start watching in the summer months? What do you do? So a lot of us, you know, we will watch. You know, obviously a lot of kids, like you said, we see them. They start playing as freshmen. So if we're watching other seniors, we do see kids throughout their whole careers, and we do see them in the summer. But the Mister Basketball Award is solely on their performance in the senior season. So anything we see before kind of gets them on our radar. You know, we've got some history, and you know, we know what to look for with each player. But you know, each year we do start first. So each each player starts on a level surface at the first game of the year, and then we start to go from how they're performing as a senior. So in theory, you could move into town for the first time ever uh, next year as a senior, or you could be coming off an injury that nobody knows about you. You you could be anyone, and as long as you put together the best senior year in your mind, you can win Mister Basketball. 
Correct. Yep. Yep. So everybody's got a chance that comes in a senior. That's why when people ask, you know, who the candidates are when the season starts, if they're a senior boys basketball player. They're they're on our radar. How how much help do people give you unsolicited, and how much heat do you get as you go through it? Because it's a tough process. So a lot of us, you know, a lot of our members like to stay anonymous just to kind of stay out of that because, you know, we do get a lot of unsolicited feedback either from coaches or parents <laughs> or players. And, now you know it's like to be in the media, yep. So, no, it's, so there's definitely some, you know, benefits to being somewhat anonymous when you get to a gym. That's not always the case. You know, people do get, you know, passionate, and, that, and that's great. As long as people keep it civil, it's it's great to hear people excited about, their you know, there's their kids you know, their friends, you know, people in their community. So, you know, we definitely welcome that. And, and when you go to a gym and, and you're watching a game, uh, are you watching a lot of what they do body language-wise and other things besides just their stats? Or is it just what they do on the court? Or are you watching to see how they behave during a timeout? All those things matter? It, it does, because that's part of the, like I talked about before, with, with the leadership and how they interact with kind of what they have on their team. If they're, you know, being encouraging and, you know, uplifting and trying to help their other players or their teammates, or if they're showing disdain or, you know, things like that, it's not a big part of it, but no, it, it definitely plays, you know, into what our overall perception is of each person. Was it fun this year to be able to go out freely and just go to whatever game you wanted instead of all that we've been through? No, no, no question about it. I mean, just getting back, you know, like I mentioned, the Titino game, you know, a lot of games like that, you know, a lot of the gyms in the Metro were full again with, you know, fans cheering and, you know, a lot of times we still had to wear masks, but, you know, there was, you know, the capacity limits weren't there. So just kind of night and day over the, you know, from last year when pretty much everything we think last season, I saw maybe eight or nine games in person. And that was even tough to get in. And most things were online. Whereas this year of the games I saw, maybe 10 or 15 were online and, you know, 55 were in person. So really, really great to get back. And I think the kids like it better too, having all their friends and, you know, the students there and parents and, you know, getting gyms full and getting them getting loud again. Unbelievable the commitment you guys make to to this award, David. Thank you so much, and thanks for what you do. I appreciate it. And thanks for coming out today, Mike, and for your support. We we definitely appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. We'll talk soon, David Hedberg, uh, chairman of the Mister Basketball Committee, uh, and you heard Braden Carrington, the winner of the Mister Basketball Award. We come back another guy. Uh, I don't know if he's Mister Basketball or not, but he could have been. He ended up being a first round draft pick in the NBA. He'll break down the Timberwolves season, the high school basketball season, the Final Four, whatever we want him to do because Troy Bell's seen it all. Stay with us on Sports to the Max. Welcome back. Sports to the Max. Joining us the John Schuster Caldwell Banker hotline from Holy Angels High School in Boston College, the number one pick in the NBA. No, not that voice here in the background, but Troy Bell is there. And I believe that is a son or daughter of the background that we hear. Correct, Troy? It is. That's my daughter, Gianna. How you doing, Mike? Good. How are you doing? Doing well, man. What's going on? Well, you got a chance to spend some time with my man Dave Lee at the state tournament. How, how much fun was that for you doing some broadcasting and watching all those games? It was fun, man. Dave Lee's a great guy. Um, obviously, I've known about him for a number of years. He's yeah. been a Minnesota kid. But it was great, man. It was great, man. It was uh it was cool to kind of connect with basketball in that way. You yeah. Know, obviously, I've been like trading and stuff, but never, never that. And it was cool. What did you think of that Jackson Logie from Morris that night against uh, North when he tried to almost win it by himself? <laughs> he did great, man. He did great, man. You know, to be young again, Mike, you know, yeah. I miss those days. And uh, 
it, I mean, I felt like, I, in a way, I felt like I was out there with the kids. I know it sounds crazy, but it, it was fun, man. I really enjoyed myself. Did you make the state tournament in high school? I did not, man. We kept losing to Ben and Thorson and DeLaSalle, man. Oh, they and, kept uh, clipping you? Man, they clipped us. We, uh, we, we, yeah, every year. Every year they clipped us. They won it twice, and they yeah. lost in the championship once. Yeah, they were just good, weren't they? Yeah. But but you've had a lot yeah, of basketball were. experiences. You know what that means to the kids. How did you get recruited by BC and other colleges? Was that summer circuit, or was that uh, uh, based on your high school play? You know, back then, you know, uh, we, we weren't getting recruited heavily just out of Minnesota alone. We had to get on the road. and I didn't have any scholarships from the – I mean, nobody recruited me based on my high school career at all. Everything that happened good for me happened on the road with, with Howard Pulley because – after my junior year, I, I think I averaged about twenty eight a game. I didn't. I didn't have an offer. It wasn't really? until we went to, uh, yeah, Peach Jam. Um, that that's when my offers came because my Jabron Bauer, Nick Jacobson, Travis Kraft, they all went to Nike Camp and came out. They did great. So they so because they did so good at Nike Camp, that's what brought the scouts to see us in Peach Jam, and that's when I got noticed. I see. So they said if those kids can play, there's some more Minnesotans we want to look at, huh? Yeah, that's what happened, man. So, I mean, thanks to those guys because they they had all the college coaches front and center our game, front and center at our game based on what they did at Nike Camp. Wow, that's kind of a cool story, Troy. Uh, let's talk a little NBA. You've been there. When you see the Timberwolves and this kind of this new attitude that goes with being a better team, what do you see? They're chippy. They're not backing down. They got Beverly. They got Towns has decided to take over the team. What do you see from the Timberwolves? Well, first of all, Mike, it's very exciting, you know, as a longtime Timberwolves fan. I mean, this this is amazing because they, they've they've had a lot they've had a lot of talent for a number of years. But you know, I gotta credit a lot of it to Pat Bev, man. He um, you know, he's a tough player, you know, a fierce competitor, never backs down, and I, and he's a vet. He's a legit vet. They have a very young team, you know, thirty three. Like when I was coming up, there would be some older players, but. But you know, thirty three now, you know that's that's a pretty old player for today's yeah. generation, and yeah. and he, you know, I, I feel like I feel like he does a good job of connecting with the young fellas. I don't sometimes sometimes you get the older vets they don't they're not really looking to connect with the young fellas, but that doesn't seem to be Pat Bev's energy, man. And I've been to a few games this year. I love I love his enthusiasm for the game. We actually share the same agent. One of the agents that I dealt with is, is Pat Bev's agent now, so I follow him on Instagram. So I see all the stuff that's going on. And, you know, I love his attitude. I love what he's brought to the city and to the state, and I love how he's just mentoring the young guys on what it takes to win from an attitude standpoint. And, and, and that, that attitude is that he just doesn't back down? I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's what he's given at every, every team he's been on, you know. And, and let's be honest, man. He's not the most skilled guy, right. not the highest jumping guy, not the quickest guy. He's just got an endless motor, and he never stops trying. I think, like when you go to the games and Pat Bev does does things, the fans really love it because, in a way, I think he kind of represents. I'm not going to say the common man, but to an extent, man, yeah, the grinder, right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He's not. He doesn't have those LeBron James LeBron James gifts. He just goes out there every day, puts on his hard hat, and plays as hard as he can. That's all he does. Now, uh, if you look at the matchups, you know, Memphis or Golden State are probably, no matter if they have a play-in or they, or they leap um, 
and, and getting the sixth spot over Denver, that would probably be your first round matchup. Which one would you prefer? Out of Denver, out of Denver, and the Grizzlies. No, out, out of if the, the the Wolves will end up in the first round playing either Golden State or Memphis right now. Oh, Golden State yeah. or Memphis. Okay. Um, Golden State or Memphis. I mean, I, I think both of those matchups are tough. I think they have enough talent, especially if they're shooting the ball well, to to win either one of them. But I, I think I think they both present challenges. I mean. I mean, you're talking about, you know, Steph and the Warrior. I mean, you know, Steph can win a game. I'm not going to say by himself, but if he gets hot, you, you know what type of you know what type of action that could be. Yep. And then John Morant, and then John Morant is one <laughs> of the most electrifying young talents I think we've ever seen, and he's capable of, you know, just about anything. But I also like what the Wolves bring to the table. I think I think Towns is showing that he's a a real vet now. I, I like his attitude. He's He's gotten a lot tougher. He just, even though he's young, you know, he's been in the league for, I think, what, about seven, six, seven yeah, years Yeah, man, now. it's I mean, going quick, yeah. Yeah, it's going quick. I mean, I, I like the attitude he's bringing. And, and, and Edwards, I mean, I love Edwards. His his athleticism and his coordination is, is just off the charts. I think, I think we have the tools to win any of those games. I still think we might be a little young to really make a run, but anything's possible if we get hot. Now, now, uh, when you teach kids, uh, especially the guard position, w- w- what's the thing that that they need to learn first and foremost? Is it ball handling, shooting? Uh, is it footwork? What is it? You know, I I guess for me it would be ball handling because if you can't if you can't handle the ball properly and effectively, you're 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 kind of a victim out there because you're at the the mercy of the defense. If yeah. you can't get where you want to go, you know you you're you're very very limited. Like that's why I like a guy like uh, like Kyrie, yeah. just because he's such a wizard. He's such a wizard with the ball. It doesn't matter if he has a shorter guy, a taller guy, a stronger guy. His handle is so tight that at some point or another, he's probably going to wiggle by you enough to to score it or get an assist or or make the pass that makes the pass. Sure, to somebody he's else he's going to move your feet, isn't he? In some kind of way, he's going to get you off balance to attack. And so I, I would like with my son, I, I I've had him dribbling with two balls, you know, since he was probably about four. He's eight now, and I think that by the time he gets, you know, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be great or anything. I'm just saying that he will be able to get where he wants to on the court. And and that's because you work on handles all the time. All the time, all yeah. the time. Can, handles can, and IQ. Can you make someone that's not quick quick? Well, I will say this, Mike. They have so many new um, workouts. Like, I'm following a whole bunch of workout guys on YouTube and Instagram. And, and, and just like the, the game of basketball is evolving, these, these trainers, these workout trainers are evolving. They have so many different cool exercises to, to load certain muscles to make you more athletic. I think if you're willing to put the time in and you're doing and you're doing the right things for your body. We all have different bodies. We all could be susceptible to different injuries. But if you're doing the right stuff for your body, I think that every everyone can make strides. But you know, who's to say how far a person can actually take it? One thing I try not to do, Mike, is, is count people out. Yeah. Because, you know, if someone if someone really has an iron will to try to achieve something in their life, I mean, I, I'm going to bet on the person that's going to really work their butt off. Yeah, absolutely. Final four. Uh, you got the the blue bloods, as they say, North Carolina and Duke. 
Uh, Kansas sitting over there. Boy, did they play well uh, over the weekend. Who, who do you like as you, as you watch this weekend? Man, well, you know, I'm kind of biased, Mike, because I'm a Big East guy. So, yep. you know, I like Villanova. Villanova, yep. Um, but I'm, I think I'm more leading with my heart. This isn't; These aren't facts. I'm more leading with my heart. I love Villanova. And, uh, and you know, this is Coach K's last go-round, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of uh, Carolina and Duke, like, you know, most basketball fans are. But, you know, this – I, I guess I would like to see Duke get past Carolina to see him in the championship, but then I'm fifty fifty because I'm, I, I like I like the Villanova Big East and I, and I really like Coach K. So, you know, I don't I don't have a dog in the race, but if, if those two teams can make it to the championship, I think that would be pretty cool. Well, was Nova a tough place to play at? Do they have a tough arena? <laughs> you know what, man, they were. But I'm gonna be honest with you, Mike. I, you know, um, Villanova and Jay Wright. He he, Jay Wright's an amazing coach. First yeah. of all, um, and he's one of and he's one of the best dressed coaches in college basketball. Yeah, now they got him wearing sweats some games too. Though it's not fair. I know, all those I great suits in the closet. Come on. <laughs> I know, man. Jay Wright was killing him with with the suit. That was I tight, I don't know, man. I, I it was. I know. I know, man. But uh, you, ah, man, Villanova. It was tough, but. But I want I want to say that I probably averaged in my career against Jay Wright about thirty a game. Really? Yeah, I, I'm, if if not thirty, like twenty nine. Wow. And I don't, I don't think I, I would be willing. I would be willing to say, Mike, with this, this is not like documented because I haven't researched it. Yeah. But I'd be willing to bet. I'd be willing to bet that any player that played against a Jay Wright team six times. Is not averaging anywhere near what I was averaging, and I think they only only lost once to Jay Wright when what, I was what there. Were they tr- what did they try to do to you that they couldn't slow you down? I mean, I I don't know. It just it just wasn't working, man. Because my sophomore year we beat them twice. Yep. My junior year we beat them we beat them twice, and in my senior year we lost to them at Villanova. But so yeah, I think Coach Skinner and I and the fellas are like five and one against Jay Wright and Villanova. Take that to the bay. And what'd you think of Paige Beckers? Oh man, you know she's she's an amazing talent. You know I'm really happy that she's bouncing back from that injury because you know those injuries can be tough. But you know now, now that's somebody when I think of an iron will, you know I think of a player like her. You know, and I just I, you know I wish her well. I hope that uh, that she can just stay healthy because that's all she needs. Yeah. you know what I mean. She yeah. has all the skills. Yeah, ain't nobody going to stop her healthy. except herself, right? That's it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, she's 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 a she's a special talent. Troy Bell, I appreciate it very much. Can we call you again when we get in the NBA playoffs? Oh man, you know, Mike. Whenever you need me, man, I got you. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much. No problem. Have a good night. You too, Troy Bell. Nice enough to join us. Give us some insights. When we come back. Chris Tubbs will give us his insights into what he's seen in this city and, and what he believes about this spring and why he is eternally optimistic. Stay with us. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Timberwolves tomorrow night, 6 o'clock tip-off. Tomorrow at noon, Twins in Pittsburgh. Is that one on our air tomorrow, uh, Tubbs? Yeah, I lose track of which games are on or not. Yeah, we'll go with that. Is it on CCO Radio? I think so, yeah. yeah. We don't do them all, so it's kind of hard to keep up with sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know there are, you know, I, I've seen there are some people that are kind of upset that, you know, I think like today's game wasn't on. And it's like, well, you you can't carry everything because there is such a limited availability for spring training and i mean you you have to balance that with regular programming because once we get into the regular season i mean we're going to get 
I mean, we got, you know, regular season, then we get the playoffs, then we get the championship series, then we get the World Series. I mean, so we got baseball going all the way through November here. Yeah, we figured we figured Twins would be in all those, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, are, are you kidding? Given, right? This is going to be, so we're you know. pacing ourselves. Is what I mean, this say. is Parade Central USA, Maxie. Yeah, I mean, we got right. the Wolves that are going to, yeah. we got wild, the Wild right wild now that are. killing it tonight, yeah. They're whooping up in that Philly. Go for hockey's in the Frozen Four. I, I know, Minnesota right? State Mankato's in the Frozen Four. They're part of us, too. I know, yeah. I mean, Mankato's a part of the state, absolutely. Darn right, part of our listening audience, too. That's right. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Although I, I am, I, I did like it, though, Maxie, when it was the old NCC. I got to admit, I, I, I'm not a big I know the Northern Sun's kind of a thing, you know, and, and like... Yeah, but hockey's different because yeah. that's not that's NCHC. It's not even either one, you know? Yeah, and and, and I think that's just, you know, I, I still kind of go back to the old WCHA. So I'm, I, I don't yeah, know. I'm I just, what you're saying. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind of an old fuddy-duddy that way. I don't think you're the only one that feels that way. You yeah. know what I'm I think by saying fuddy-duddy, I think that pretty much makes me a yeah, fuddy-duddy. Yeah, there's a lot of fuddy-duddies out there that agree with you, though. <laughs> well, we WCHA can be fuddy-buddy. Yeah. We, we can be fuddy-duddy buddies. Bring in North Dakota and Mankato. And St. Cloud, and go there every year, and everybody's happy. You know, let's go. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. I, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Who do you, Who do you think's the best matchup for the Wolves in the playoffs? I actually, I, I'm okay with the Mem- I'm I'm okay with Memphis, just because they haven't been there enough. Well, I, I think it's Steph John Morant's a superstar, Oof. but Steph Curry is like a megastar. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I mean, I think Troy he made the point that you know Steph can win a game by himself when he's on i mean there's nobody better i mean he's well, the best plus pre- you don't know if by the time they get there you know mm-hmm. if clay thompson's healthy enough and draymond green yeah. is back in good shape you know what i'm saying yeah i, I mean they have not had their full ensemble no, of no. their big three and you get the sense that they're 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 pacing themselves getting ready for the playoffs and trying to set that up i mean it, that's that's all it is for them i yeah. mean you know steve kerr's not a dumb man steve kerr's a phenomenal coach so I mean, he knows what he's doing, and, and I would like to see the matchup. I think the matchup against Memphis would be outstanding. Tyus Jones, throw him in there? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and think about it, though, Maxie. We're, we're talking about playoff matchups for the Wolves. I know we are. Think about that. That's where we're at. You know. Wow. And, and then Troy saying, you know, the Wolves have as much talent that, you know, they could beat either one of them. I, I was just like, I, it's just so weird for me to hear that. And not think it's such an absurd statement. Yeah. To think that you can look at this team and be like, yeah. I mean, yeah. if, if Cat's rolling, D'Lo. And, and, and seven, I, I really don't like him against any of those matchups. Mm-hmm. But the point being, on a given night, for sure. I mean, oh, I think we, we've seen that. I, I kind of like to see the inconsistencies over the last couple of games with this team. You know. Um, you know, kind of not getting it done against Dallas. Then you see what Phoenix did in that fourth quarter. I, I like the Wolves being in that situation. I do, too, because they're learning, aren't they? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You want to mouth off to Phoenix. They don't even have Chris Paul on the floor. Yeah. You want to mouth off to him, get chipped. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, now try catching us in the fourth quarter, because this is what it looks like, fellas, if you want to play the big boys. Y- and I yes. thought the exact same thing. I thought, okay, now you know. Now you know what it looks like in the fourth quarter when you're playing one of these teams. Yeah, and that's. I, I think that's a great— I do, too. I that's a great, same thing. That's a great litmus test for them, because it's like, yeah, I mean— You've gone on these, you know, you've had several nice winning streaks this year. And, yep. and I mean, the fact that you're, you've already hit the over, you know, the, the Vegas over for the year and there's a lot of optimism. I mean, that bandwagon's full. And I really enjoy the fact that we're looking at this and saying the Wolves can really learn from that. And I, I hope that, I hope that they do. I, I was telling H. Lake 
uh, as he's getting ready for his show here, that I vastly underestimated the influence of Patrick Beverly this year. Yeah, that's and that's what we were just talking about with Troy Bell, yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, he kind of gives them permission to be a badass, you know? Yeah, I, so I you mean... You don't have to take that from them. You know, what are you doing? You, don't let him push you like that. He's one of those guys. Yeah, you, you hate him when he's not on your team because yeah. you think he's just a gigantic pain in the ass. But then when he's on your team, you're like, I like this. I liked yeah. it, you know. I, I mean, I was. I gotta give Gerson credit for that one. He made that deal. And by the way, he was in town the other night. Uh, he's scouting for somebody, I guess. But, right. uh, yeah, he flipped. Uh, didn't he flip uh, he Wancho trade. and um, Daniel J- Turo was in there somehow too. Jared Culver yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. A couple of moves and boom, boom, boom. You know. So yeah. I, I got to give him. You know, I wasn't a big fan, fan of Gerson's and still not, but uh, I got to give him credit for a couple of things that he uh, he did there. Who do you like in the in, in the men's final four? I I begrudgingly like Duke, yeah, and and it, it we kind of owe that to him, don't we? It makes me nauseous. I mean, we when I say do, that, though, we kind of got to tip our hat no matter where you stand, right? Yeah, I, I mean, it's All just he's it's done for the game, you know. It's the storybook ending, you know, the scrappy underdog from Duke, and the you know the head coach goes out on top, yada yada yada. I mean, it, it didn't make me want to vomit. But how about that? That they're playing North Carolina in the semifinals. I North I, Carolina was on the brink of one of the all time <sighs> disasters in that Baylor game, you know. Oh, yeah. 25-point lead disappears in the second half. That would have been the game of the tournament that everybody talked about. They held on and kind of got their breath back. I, I, You know, I guess Duke and Carolina, it's the greatest rivalry in the history of rivalries, apparently. Yeah, all of a sudden we're, hey, this is the greatest rivalry ever. Okay, yes. Well, all about Yankees, Red Sox. About, anyway, I, I'm with you on that. All right, buddy, we'll talk soon. Uh, see you, Maxie. That's Chris Tubbs, the Lake Man, coming up next on WCCL. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.